Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. This is Allison Bobbitt, and I'm here with my husband, Mike Bobbitt. And this is the podcast where we make one another watch movies the other's never seen. And Mike, you made me watch the documentary, I Know That Voice. You made me watch. Can you redo the intro, but could you do it in, give me like a B take. Mm -hmm. Could you do it um, like um, you're from Transylvania, like you're a vampire. Are you being serious? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Just do one more take, but as a vampire. Hello, my name is Allison Bobbitt, and I'm here with my husband, Mike Bobbitt, and this is the podcast where we make one another watch movies the other's never seen before. And Mike, you made me watch. I know that voice. You made me watch. Okay, when you do I know that voice, could you uh, finish it with like a like a creepy laugh? <laughs> you just say... Yes. And you take it from, and you made me watch. And you made me watch. I know that voice. Ah, ah, ah. Okay, you did a little bit of your real laugh at the end. Could you do one more take? Uh, How dare you? But just go like straight into the creepy laugh. Ah, ah, ah. No, we need the whole thing clean. If you could start with, and you made me watch. And you made me watch. I know that voice. Ah, ah, ah. You made me watch. Why'd you make me watch this? You made me watch something I didn't like. Next time we'll watch something I like. But I can't believe you made me watch. What was the... I don't know. <laughs> Tosa London. Clem Fandango. <laughs> I can hear you, Clem Fandango. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, so shit. we watched a documentary produced by John DiMaggio, who is most famously known as Bender from Futurama, mm-hmm. but he also does a voice on pretty much every cartoon ever <sighs> yeah. created. He's on Adventure Time. Yes. Uh, what's the name of the dog on Adventure Time? Jake, the dog. I was kind of bummed out. I thought this documentary would be a little bit more in depth. Basically, it is, and maybe this is just because we know so many people that are in animation, but yeah, basically the thesis is voiceover acting is real acting and voice actors are extremely talented and it sucks that big name stars are getting those arts now and the documentary is basically just every voiceover actor giving their resume and then saying that (laughs) kind of yeah obviously i do find 
I mean, these people are are incredibly talented. Oh, yeah. And it is more, you know, they do make a point of saying and really driving it home that, you know, it's more than just doing a voice. Like, yeah, obviously, yes, you have to know how to act, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're also only able to really act through your voice. It is obviously portrayed visually with animation, Mm -hmm. but, you know, you can't just say a line. Yeah. And expect it to match the action. You know, it, it it is certainly an art. But that doesn't mean that, you know, celeb- like Kristen Shaw or uh, H. John Benjamin or even someone like Paul F. Tompkins. It doesn't mean that just because, you know, they have kind of just a unique voice. They don't do a ton of variation. It doesn't mean that they don't know how to voice act as well. Right. But, you know, there's also like uh, it isn't just on-camera actors because they do also have a lot of interviews with Mark Hamill, which mm-hmm. this was made before the prequels. Correct. Or, I'm sorry, before the new trilogy. Mm-hmm. And Mark Hamill was predominantly, during that period, a voice guy. Yes. And a voice guy where he just completely disappeared into yeah the voices Un- and it did a, a ton of voices mm-hmm. and in fact on the muppet show that came out for um right before empire strikes back came out mm-hmm. mark hamill does some voices on there oh too. does so he I, really I knew oh it that's was awesome a thing where mark hamill just loves yeah. animation and he is an amazing like voiceover actor yeah. he you know he does um quite a bit he's done the joker yeah and you would never know that yeah. it was Mark Hamill. Yep. He's so good. You could be the guest on this very show, right, Kermit? Oh, well, uh, maybe. Uh, what do you do, Mark? Oh, uh, well, you know, I've been uh, known to do impressions. Hey! Mm-hmm. Who do you do? <laughs> oh, well, I just love impressions. Ah. No, oh, I just love doing them. Ah. Terrific! <laughs> Who do you do? And then... She's been doing stuff more recently than this documentary. Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know where she does a lot of voices on Bob's Burgers, and she's she completely unrecognizable. Yeah, you wouldn't know it was her. And you know, even her character on Brooklyn Nine Nine is not what she sounds. No, like. that isn't and, what she sounds yeah. like. That she's doing a voice. Yeah. for that, she, her voice is not that deep. Mm-hmm. Um, it it is. I think yes, there are probably you know they are now competing with on camera actors yes definitely more so and especially post covid yeah where kind of everyone is Mm -hmm. so so yes there is some competition um as far as animation goes for character work but they're also one of the things that he also mentioned or that they also mentioned in the documentaries that a lot of the work now is um video games yeah and I don't think that on-camera talent is all that interested in doing the video game. Well, I mean, yes, there for was special video games. Yeah, but- there was just a. Um, I was just reading an article not too long ago um, about The Last of Us, where mm-hmm. the video game was controversial because the character of Ellie initially looked a lot more like at the time. Ellen Page, Elliot Page, you know. Oh, yes. And then coinciding with, I I think it was after Elliot Page came out as queer on Elliot Page's birthday, 
they released downloadable content for The Last of Us, mm-hmm. coincidentally, showing that the Ellie character in the game is queer. You know, it was to the point where people thought that Elliot Page was involved with the game, mm. which was kind of weird because Elliot Page was involved with a game at the same time, Beyond Two Souls. Mm-hmm. Both these games were made by Sony. So it was one of those things where it's like, what? We can't really sue ourselves. Yeah. But I think sometimes actors are interested in doing video games if there's like a motion capture and... um like the character Nick Offerman plays in the television series mm-hmm. in the game is Mark Boone Jackson, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's a he's an on-camera actor and his character in the game is modeled to look like him. So. Yeah. But, you know, some of the stuff that they're that the voice actors in this were kind of talking about is is a lot of the chatter that you hear. Yeah. That is something I would much rather have seen a documentary on just covering what's involved with the writing of that because yeah. Sam Gash and I uh who I used to do the podcast Ideal Remake with, he and I went to a writers guild seminar talking about video game writing Mm -hmm. and how like a movie script is basically one page equals one minute yeah so you get a lot of 100 120 page scripts but a video game script is something like 500 to a thousand yeah because every you know every single scenario if you're playing a batman game and Batman is hiding in the rafters of a warehouse and there's a bunch of thugs on the ground talking. All of that talking needs to be scripted out. Yes. And then you also have to have the voiceover actors doing that. And I think it was Tara Strong in this documentary Mm -hmm. who does a lot of video game voices is talking about how, you know, if you're voicing the lead character every like, oh, oh, Mm -hmm. oh. Like yeah, every okay, grunt like, or yeah, like short yeah. punch, you know, yeah, like heavy punch, you know, that you have to do a bunch of those. Yeah, and it's you can kind of tell the budget of you're not a really a video gamer, but you can kind of tell the budget of a video game where you just hear a lot of the same thing. Oh, over the and same over and over grunt again. or the same response. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. They were talking about doing like World of Warcraft or something like mm-hmm. that, and it's just all of this dialogue because they have to record not just lines but also like the chatter that you hear and then the the grunting or like just it's crazy like they're spending days recording Mm -hmm. you know with phone book size scripts of of what they need to do yeah so that's that was really interesting. And then it was also kind of interesting listening to them talk about how they figure out a voice for a character. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that too, where uh, they're talking about how it really helps to see the character. Yeah. And, um, Billy West, I think, was great at breaking it down where he saw Dr. Zoidberg's, like a drawing yes. of Dr. Zoidberg. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, so he has this stuff here. And uh, I like another actor was talking about how he just has this encyclopedic knowledge where he's like okay so there's uh there's an old vaudeville guy named george jessel who had yeah, a voice like this mm-hmm. then there was like another guy who was like a you know jewish cat skills you know yeah uh 
you know, comedian, and and, and then, he's just like combining these things, and I'm like, holy, yeah, the yeah, does, does watching know. them do like four different impressions, and then being like, okay, so you mush them all together, and then they mush them all together, and you're like, oh, whoa, like it, it, you know, it's not just like I've got it, you know, like there is a lot of there's a lot that goes into trying to figure out a voice for a character, and one of the more interesting, I mean, and this is probably just very interesting to me because I love Futurama, but. A lot of the people who auditioned for Bender did a robot voice. Yes. But John DiMaggio didn't. Right. And that kind of got him that role. Yeah. And it was neat how they were talking about how John DiMaggio's um, acting of Bender informed who Bender was as a character, too, which I really liked. Yeah. Yeah. That was really fun. This is sort of a name droppy anecdote. I remember there was... um, one of those video games where you had to collect the little toys and then you could play it with the video game. Oh, yeah. There's like a bunch of dragons or like it was sort of like a Pokemon knockoff type yeah. thing. I don't remember what it was called. Mm-hmm. But I remember uh, it was when I was working for PlayStation. I kept hearing the trailer for it over and over and over again. And there was one voice that I was like, man, it just sounds like a bad Bobcat Goldthwait imitation. Mm-hmm. And then that night that uh, I worked with, bobcat yeah. and then he took us out to dinner do you remember me telling him yeah and he's like oh yeah that was me <laughs> that's right yeah. he's like no that was me and i was like oh my god yeah oh my god and he yeah. was so nice <laughs> he was so nice yeah oh. i think he wanted to bang you mm, i don't know about that really because which one of us is he following on instagram he might just think i'm a nice person we talked about cats. That's really, maybe he's just like, cats are cool. You know, every time I ran into him after that, you were not with me, and he was not nearly as pleasant to me. Oh, well. <laughs> Unless you were around. Very present while you were there. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Like, to the point where I started to f- go like, I think I need to keep Allison away from Bobcat. I think Allison might leave me for... <laughs> because it was also like when he got he ended up getting separated right around that time too and i was like motherfucker oh yeah i think he did yeah yeah he's in a very happy relationship now with another cat lady good i'm sure he's stay away from my fucking wife oh my god (laughs) he's i he was very nice to me i know (laughs) (laughs) i like the um Oh, which guy was it from Reno 911 who was talking about how... Cedric Yarborough or no, um, Carlos Alazar? Carlos, yeah. yeah. Where he was talking about how some of his voices end up just being bad imitations of people. Mm-hmm. That is how Dickie Rickett started on the Truthcast. Yeah. Well, when the Truthcast was still just the yeah. Truth live shows. Where yeah. it's like, I remember driving to Hamtramck because... Uh, Harrison's godmother, Lauren Uhalik, was doing a brunch show, and it was the first time that Alex Bozanovic and I were doing uh, Thomas and Dickie, and we never really talked in advance about what their voices would sound like, and uh, we were hosting the show and just kind of roasting all the comedians, and I remember just driving the car like, oh, yeah, maybe he should be like, nope, I don't think I could do like a really bad randy savage for a while and i was like what if he just sounded like a stone cold steve austin and then uh like he started really like as a dick initially and then he quickly became 
a dummy a dumb guy so then like it became like dopey stone cold steve a bad stone yeah. cold steve austin imitation but if he was really dumb or it's like hey what's going on there guys and then it quickly just became my voice <laughs> where it's like yeah hey okay i don't think we should do that <laughs> and, yeah, yeah they're still like you're still doing something but yeah, it, yeah it's yeah, it just became your own voice. It kind of reminds me of Dan Castellaneta doing Homer Simpson, where Homer started off sounding like a really angry oh, Walter yeah. Matthau. Mm-hmm. And now Homer just sounds like... Duh. Yeah, it sounds like Dan Castellaneta just doing a dumb voice. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, that sounded like Ray Romano. I was like, a Kermit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> Dope. <laughs> that was a good dope. Oh, that's it's like my funny. Ray Romano. I can do one sound too, where it's like, oh, <laughs> I can't do it. I'm not good at voices. Uh, wow, never tried to do a Homer Simpson before. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Really? That's um, so crazy. Yeah, but yeah, it is. Um, as someone who tries to do a you know who's been doing a voice on a podcast now for three or four years i can tell how bad it is when i'm listening to the podcast taking benji to daycare and he's like daddy i'm like oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm." yeah he hears you edit and he'll go daddy and i'm like yep that's (laughs) (laughs) trying to not sound anything like daddy you still sound exactly like daddy that's so funny you know what we should do? Hmm. We should maybe let little Dickie Ricketts do the rest of this episode with no, you. No, please, no. Hey, Allison. Oh, God. I hate it. What? Please, no. You and your husband suspected homosexual and Mike Bobbitt are talking about voices. I do voices, too. Our son looks confused. No, he doesn't. He, he opened his eyes and was like, what the fuck? And then went back to sleep. I like babies. Well, you're holding one. Legally, I'm not allowed to. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. And scene. And scene. And scene. See, he doesn't like it. He, he really doesn't did. like it. Literally just pushed me away. He did. He was like, please stop it. Father, so, stop. Um, it does make me realize, uh, going back to uh, Bobcat Goldthwait a little bit, mm-hmm. just because they're best friends, Tom Kenny is amazing. He is amazing. Yeah, weren't they Tomcat and Bobcat? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they would go to New York and load in and load out band equipment at CBGB so they could go to free punk shows. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's cool. And I love the fact that they've known each other since kindergarten and they're that's still so, best friends. That's so sweet. Yeah. That's so adorable. I love it. Mm-hmm. It, it was kind of neat. I was telling you the story about Mel Blank being in a coma and we had to hit pause because I had to grab something from the kitchen. And then, so I'm telling you the story in the kitchen. And then I come back and Mel immediately son, after, immediately afterwards, tells the exact same story. And my accuracy was pretty <laughs> Your good. Your accuracy was pretty yeah. good. So Mel Blank was in a car accident where he broke like almost every, almost bone. every bone in his body. Yeah. yeah. And he was in a coma and non responsive. And the doctor said, Let's try something. Hey, Mel, can I talk to Bugs Bunny? And in the coma, Mel Blank was like, eh, what's up, Doc? Yeah. And 
they were able to get him out of the coma through his characters. Yes. Yeah, by like talking to like Porky Pig or or whoever. He was Speaking of Porky Pig, the guy who does the voice of Porky Pig now in that documentary. Uh-huh. Very flexible the way he blew himself constantly. Like, and that's why I have a job because I can do like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, that was a little self congratulatory. Yeah, it was. I was like, yeah, when he did that, I was like, oh, all right. Okay, like, good on you. Yeah, we get it. You can do Porky Pit. Good job. But there were also, I mean, there were so many incredibly talented people who do such an insane range. Mm-hmm. Um, of of characters and Billy West, of course, who is just one of the best voice actors working. Yeah, ever. So the story that you told, that they told on the Futurama documentary, isn't in this because Frank Welker refused to be in this, and I kept trying to look and see why, but both he and Tress McNeil who does voices on mm-hmm. Futurama, uh, did not want to be part of the documentary. And I cannot find any information why they didn't want to. Mm. Tress McNeil being an odd one since she does shows with John DiMaggio. but Yeah, maybe they just weren't that interested in, in the documentary or, you know, maybe they were busy. Maybe. Or, you know. It's definitely worded in the trivia section like, at least the tone I read into mm-hmm. it was they did not want to be part of it. Not that they were too busy to be part of it. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. You know, maybe they just didn't want their faces out there. Maybe they No, their still... faces are out there. Well, I don't know that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Maybe they just didn't want to do it, you know? Yeah. You know, not everybody wants to be in a documentary. Yeah. I mean, it's not a great documentary. Maybe that's why. Maybe they, you know, you know, in talking to John DiMaggio made it. Yeah. So it could have been a thing where they were just like, eh, I'm not really. With Tara Reed's brother. Yeah. Maybe they just weren't that interested in doing something with them about, you know, who knows? There's a million reasons. Yeah. But the, the story that I had heard in the Futurama commentaries is, you know, they were talking about, they, they talk about how great Billy West is a lot. And he's like, he kind of aw shucks, you know, a lot. He's like, oh, thanks guys. But you know, who's amazing is Frank. Um, is it Welch or Welk? Welker. Welker. You know, he's, he's so amazing, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, uh, one of the things that they were saying is they're like, have you ever heard him do a flock of geese? Cause that's how amazing he is, is that he can just alone, in a booth can do a flock of geese flying by mm-hmm. and they're just like it's amazing yeah because yeah a lot of them can do stuff like that where they just have that insane voice control and and it's it it, it really is quite an art form but i i think with as with any art form there are a lot of variations mm-hmm. um you know like just because you can kind of do anything doesn't mean that you belong everywhere. Yeah. I guess. There's another um, amazing thing in this that's even more amazing now in the years since that documentary came out. Mm. Um, I may be getting his name wrong because I'm holding our son in yes. my left arm so I can't grab the uh, uh, my phone. Uh, D. Bradley Baker, I believe, who... Um, 
he does the voice of he does a lot of Star Wars voices and he does the voice of the clone troopers. And he was talking about how, you know, he might have like this clone trooper might have more swagger and, you know, maybe this one's just a little bit more tired and everything. But since this came out, they came out with the series, the bad batch where all the lead characters are clones. So this guy is acting opposite of himself and creating yeah. like five or six very distinct characters who all have this variations of the same voice. D. Bradley Baker is his D. name. D. Bradley Baker. I got it right. You did get it right. Yeah. How about that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, that was the documentary. I, I definitely urge, if you don't know anything about that world of voice acting yeah. or off-camera acting, I, please check it out because it is an art form that... You know, you and I are both big show business nerds, so yeah. we knew a lot of this stuff already, but a lot of people don't. Oh, by the way, I found a subreddit today, uh, or I was on the subreddit today for Bob's Burgers, and people were asking how many people fall asleep to Bob's Burgers, <laughs> and a huge amount of people. Yes, right? So I did point out that um, when you and I first started dating, you would fall asleep to The Shining. Yes. <laughs> which... You know, hey, people, if you've ever felt like there was no one out there in the world for you, that you were maybe just too weird or um, like I was on another subreddit of too afraid to ask and people are talking about weird fetishes and someone was posting about how they were really into ball busting and mm-hmm. said that, you know, they wish that they were normal. And I was like, hey, if they make porn for it, dude, then it's not that abnormal. So, um so to that person who I'm sure is not listening to anyone, if you have a weird fetish or whatever, and you're scared that it means that you're not going to find someone, Allison fell asleep to the shining every night. Yes. And she managed to find someone. I did. Because if that isn't a red signal, <laughs> red light, Ooh. then I don't know what is. It was every red flag I had. Yeah. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I would throw the commentary on and I would usually lower the volume to where I couldn't quite hear what was going on. So you could just hear. Doom, doom, yeah. Doom, just like tones. Doom. And then just the like an elevator opening full of blood. Minor you know. tones of. Yeah. So, yeah. <sighs> I Listen. <laughs> I feel like I do need to kind of explain myself. I would just throw in movies that I knew, you know, that I'd watched a million times that I knew so that I could fall asleep, you know, to something without, you know, having to feel like I need to pay attention. So it it was like that or like Shaun of the Dead. Okay, creepy. Okay. (laughs) I know. Look, I know. I know it was creepy, but it is what I it is what I did. Okay. Well, I love you. I love you, too. I and. It's not that I love you in spite of that. Part of the reason I love you is because of that. That's good. Okay. Until next week. Bye-bye. Bye.